0: blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony amen you've got to go through something to get a testimony and I see some people out here tonight that's been through some stuff there ought not be anything stop you from lifting up your voice right now come on somebody
1: yeah
0: yes I praise you Lord I bless you I thank you magnify you today, Lord. Praise God. You have your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 11. Revelation, the 11th chapter. I'm going to read one verse of scripture. I would ask you to join with me this week in prayer. This coming Sunday, we're going to be sharing with you our vision for the year, our goal. And I pray that God will help empower us to, to do all that I believe He is challenging us to do. But I believe it would be good to season it with good time of prayer and fasting. So I'm asking you to pick a day this week and uh, set it aside to seek the Lord. In behalf of your church family. If you love your church, say amen. 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 Revelation chapter 11, verse number 1. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure. Rise and measure. Measure the temple of God. And the altar and them that worship therein. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out. Rise and measure. Measure the temple, the altar, and the worshiper. I want to talk to you tonight for a little while about measuring... What matters? Praise God. Let's pray right now. Father, what I have to say is nothing if you're not anointing it. And I'm asking you right now to do that. God, give me words and give our minds and our hearts the ability to receive the word of God. Bless your people, I pray. And let your hand be upon this service. Your will be done tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Some have said that Revelation 11 is one of the most important chapters in the entirety of the revelation that God gave to John concerning the end. It is an important chapter and I don't want to go into the details of all that is recorded there, but you will find if you read chapter 11 that it contains a summary of the remaining portion of Revelation that is to come. In chapter 10, the seer which is John is told to eat the little roll that had been given him. And taking it he ate it and in doing so he ingested into himself the mind and the message of God. What was coming on the world was uh, an outpouring of wrath of unparalleled proportion. But God always prepares his people. And I have not come tonight to discourse with you concerning the revelation that is given here, the deeper interpretations of this passage. I'm not here to argue exactly what he was talking about in some instances, but simply to consider the point that is made in our text. And the point is this, that the seer John was given a rod A measuring reed that was equivalent to six cubits or nine feet. It was a specific unit of measure. It is important that you and I understand that when it comes to God, God is into exactness. He is into exactness. God is specific when it comes to the things that concern Him and His kingdom. And so should you and I. In a world where loose living has become the norm. And and, uh, whatever rocks your boat or rows your boat, you can do it. But the fact is when it comes to God And my relationship with God. There are some specifics that God is interested in in my life. They are not vague. They are not general. They are to the point. He said thou shalt not. That's still in the book folks. And I know some people want to relegate that to old times and Old Testament. But you find the same principle in the New Testament. The Lord himself showed us how he feels about his temple when he came in one day and watched them as they exchanged money and bought and sold and made coming to the house of God a trivial thing like going to the supermarket And the Bible said that he took a cat of nine tails and he drove them out of that place and he scattered the money changers table and he pushed out all of the animals and he said, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. Don't forget what it was designed for. You know, in the world that we live in, it's easy to get confused about what matters in the church what matters concerning the church. And it's good ever so often to go back and look at what God measures. Amen. God measures three things here. He measured the temple. He measured the altar. He measured the worshiper. Now you have to understand that this book was written... In 95 A.D. or sometime in that time span. Which means that the literal temple in Jerusalem had already been destroyed. So he was not referring to or at least I don't believe he was referring to the literal temple being measured. Because there was no literal temple any longer. It had been completely demolished. In 70 AD and there was nothing left but rubble and ruin. But when the Lord gives the instruction to John to measure... He was measuring something even dearer to him than a physical temple and that was a spiritual temple that you and I represent. And I have come to tell you tonight that God is more interested in your life and my life than we even can imagine. And he is interested in the measure of my life and he wants that measure to matter to me. Amen. Somebody say, in Jesus' name, the measure matters. I said the measure matters. Yes, it matters. I know we can debate and split hairs about what is significant, what's not significant. Is that necessary or not necessary? i tell you how to do it. Just go back to the book and look at what God measures and what God measures. You better measure in your own life because that matters to him and that is significant to him or he would never have taken the time to tell me to do those things. And so he tells him to measure The significance of the act cannot be lost in whatever interpretation of the passage might come to your mind. The fact is God was interested in certain things and he was marking what was of importance to him. And what is important to him if we are his church and we are his people it should be important to us. God was drawing lines. When you measure something, you draw lines. God was drawing lines. Lines were significant to God. Lines better be significant to you and I. There ought to be some lines that we don't cross in our life. There better be some barriers that we say, no, 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 no. That's not what I am. That's not who I am. Because the measure of the temple is the measure of the importance of my life to Him And if my life didn't matter in that way, then why would he command this man to measure a temple that didn't even exist any longer? Now, I can understand measuring a temple. I can understand measuring this building. You can get a tape measure out and you can tell the square footage and the height of the walls and and, and all of the significant features of this building where the windows are and the doors. You can mark them off on an architectural drawing but there's some things about this building that you can't measure with that kind of stick. You've got to measure it with another kind of yardstick. You've got to have a different kind of measure and that's the measure that he gives you. He was given a reed. There are some things that God is going to entrust into my hands and I better make sure that I treat it with the reverence that he has given the word of God the book that we have that we call the Bible that my friend is a measure that I better make sure never goes out of style in my life amen because it matters to him somebody say it matters to him God drew lines and we better make sure that we don't tinker with those lines or erase those lines. What did the Old Testament say about the landmark? A man that did something to move a landmark was cursed judgment would come upon a man because that landmark was significant not only for that man but for many other people around you. Do you understand tonight that when you start messing with the landmarks that God has put in your life it's not just your life that you're messing with but there's a trickle effect. There are people around you and outside your sphere that you don't think are paying attention but they're going to be affected when you start tinkering with those land mark he said hey measure it John and what you measure matters to me or I wouldn't ask you to measure it amen what God has called sin I better make sure in this post-christian culture that I still call sin folks listen to me the word abomination is still in the bible it'll do you good to go home and get your concordance out and do a little research and look and listen to what God called an abomination. Whatever was an abomination to God in the past is still an abomination. He hasn't changed his opinion. And we better make sure that we're not embracing in our life something that he said, no, no, you better not let that ever be identified with you. Not as my child, not as my son, not as my daughter that doesn't need to be a part of your life amen how do I how do I measure the things that matter to God I find what he measures in his word amen now I don't believe that that uh, uh, the, the, it was the literal temple that he spoke of but I do believe that the church is a symbol of what that temple represented And that means to me that this church matters to God. Amen. This church matters to God. What goes on under the banner of His name in this place matters to God. And if it matters to God, it better matter to me. Now if you want to get on my bad side, if you want to get my... Rankle roared up and and ready to go at you just start messing with the church that I love and you start messing with the people that I love you're going to get me you're going to see a side of me you might not like why because when he, when he birthed me He birthed me into a family That accepted me with all of my flaws And all of my hiccups and hangups And they didn't make me qualify to come in They just opened their arms and embraced me And I'm telling you tonight I'm not going to ever allow a church That I'm a pastor of To ever become a judge of people This door opens to every soul That walks through these doors And there is mercy in God grace in this building for every kind of sin and every kind of wickedness for God so loved the world Amen I believe the church matters to God a measurement that would reveal its true characteristics It's true characteristics. What should be the characteristics of the true church? It should be a church filled with love. And that's not that sloppy stuff that we hear so much about, but the kind of love that He displayed for us. That while we were yet sinners, He died for us. He loved us when we were unlovable. The church ought to be marked by that same kind of love. The church ought to be marked by compassion. There ought to be something in us that is moved. When we see people broken and ruined and we see their lives marred and scarred by sin, we don't need to look down our nose at them. We don't need to distance ourselves from them. We need to open our arms with compassion and say, hey, I know where there's a remedy. I know where there's a healer. I know where there's a help that can turn your world around and give you something worth really living for what constitutes the true church. You need to look. First Peter four seventeen said, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Why? Because this matters to him. Interesting thing that when he told John to go measure, he said, now what's outside the temple, don't measure that. Now I know there's different interpretations of what that meant, but what it says to me is, He's, it's not that God's not concerned at what's going on, but He is most concerned at what's going on in here under the banner of His name. And this is where judgment... I want to tell you something, church. If, if, if we don't ever wake up to that, we better wake up to it now. That we have a responsibility. We are going to stand before God one of these days and give an account for our soul. And we're going to give an account. We're going to stand by people that have sacrificed and given and gone and done and lived for God no matter what happened in their life they were unshakable, they were unmovable I am going to have to stand beside one of them one of these days and God's going to ask me what is your excuse and I will not be able to answer him one word because I have no excuse it's amazing how some people can have all the props in the world And still not do it right. They still don't live for God. And then people that don't have any family support. They don't have any encouragement from home. They don't have anybody saying come on you can do it. But when they go home, they have people tearing. And yet they're the first one to the church. They're the first one to the altar. They're the first one on their feet. They're the first one to volunteer. They're the first one to want to serve. Why? Because they have found something that means more to them than anything else in the world. And you better wake up and realize. uh, You... I am going to stand by that person one of these days and God's going to say, okay, look at what that person did with their life. Now tell me why you didn't do more with your life when you had so many more encouragements and so many more advantages. Amen. You measure something to show its true worth. And so when he measured the the temple, he measured it for its worth, what matters. The temple the church. God is jealous over the church. You, you didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? But the Bible said He is a jealous God. What does that mean? That means when it comes to His name, His character, His people, there is an indignation that rises against anything that tries to destroy that. He is jealous over them. He, is, he said, my name is jealous. Amen. He is proud of his church family. He is thankful for all of us. But he is also very jealous to guard and to protect. You, that ought to make some of you feel good tonight. That somebody cares about you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh uh, yes. 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 He is jealous over me with a kind of love that is indescribable. And he wants to protect his church. And I want to be protective as a church, as a pastor. That's why some things are not allowed. And there's some things that you won't see happen around here because I'm, I'm protective of God's people, his church. You can say, Well, Brother Hughes, that's too narrow. Whatever you want to call it, I'm not backing up from it. Amen. This means too much to me. Amen. I said this means too much to me. God has given me so much that I am responsible for it, and I'm not backing down. He measured the altar. The altar. That place that we don't really like to go but we all need to be at. More often than not, that place of death and sacrifice. It needs to matter to me. The altar needs to matter. That's why we have altars back. Not that a physical altar has to be in place but I want there to be an eternal reminder that there's a place that every knee needs to bow there's a place ever so often when nobody's in here I literally crawl up on that altar and I lay myself on it and say God I want you to have all of me if there's a part of me that's hidden that I've not yielded to you I need you to reveal it to me because I don't want anything in my life to be kept from you I give you my everything and more of us need to crawl over." that altar and die to ourselves and say not my will but thy will be done because that altar matters to him and it should matter to me it should matter that I have an altar Amen. that you have an altar not only was the altar measured but the worshiper now I can understand how you measure a building and how you measure an altar because there are dimensions but how do you measure A worshiper. How do you draw the line? It has to be something intangible. It has to be something spiritual. It has to be something that you can't see, but's real. It's called heart. It's called soul. It's blessing the Lord with. All your soul and all your might. It's not just going through a little patty cake for Jesus. It's not just going through a little ritual and routine and making sure you got all the words right. But it's connecting. Connecting. It, it's 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 moving beyond the physical into that spiritual realm where a spiritual connection is made and there there in that that spirit of of praise and adoration i truly am exalting him to the place that he deserves in my life there's no one above him he measures the worshipper he measures my sincerity he measures my genuineness he knows whether I mean it or not. That's why every time I come to church and I open my mouth, I want to make sure it's from my heart because He knows my heart. I want to make sure that it's not just something that I do, but it's something that I am. I am a worshiper. And this is what I learned about Him. He seeks those kind of people. He seeks those kind of people You know why the Lord moves In this church like he does On so many occasions is not because we have the perfect sound Or the perfect singers Or the perfect harmony But he moves because somewhere In the midst of all of that There are people that literally move Into that realm of connecting With him and there's a divine Interchange and when That happens something powerful Is going to take place and some Something out of this world is going to happen to us. He measures the worshiper. The significance of our worship. What we give our reverence to. Amen. My attitude toward worship. It should always matter. There are times that I have to be careful because I can sense that we're not really in tune. Yeah. We got the words, but we don't have the spirit. And you know, you just keep praying that sooner or later somebody's going to tap in. And when they do, then it's just kind of like a ripple effect that moves. But there's times that it, it never gets beyond that. And that's when I want to get up and start pounding on the pulpit and say, come on folks, we gotta, we've got to have a breakthrough. Why? Because there's got to be that kind of importance placed on our worship and our connection to Him. There's got to be that kind of significance that when we come here, that there's something spiritual happens. The tragedy is that far too many of you, some of you listening to me right now, have not had a significant spiritual move in your life in way too long and the reason it has not been so is because there has not been a true sense of worship that has flowed out of your spirit and reached up to him and said God I cannot live without you I've got to have you in my life you're the most important thing you're significant above everything else in my life amen measuring what matters why do you measure you measure to determine what is and what is not. He knows who are His. Amen. He knows. He knows. We measure to prepare ourselves for building. We measure for preservation. And that was what I feel is probably the most significant thing about this measurement. Because there was coming an unleashing of demonic power upon the earth unlike anything the world has ever known before. Hell was going to be loosed. And there was going to be a darkness that would cover the world, the Antichrist, and all of the vials of wrath are poured out. And yet the Lord, before any of that would happen, said, I want you to measure something for me. I want you to make sure you draw the line because that is mine. And it doesn't matter how dark it gets. It doesn't matter how hot hell gets. There's something that's not going to be touched and moved. And that's my church and that's my people. There's going to be a protection. I'm just here to tell you right now, I'm not afraid of what's going to happen in this hour. I don't care care who's in the White House I don't care who's in Congress I don't care what kind of hell breaks out in our community I'm here to tell you that God has measured something and he said I don't care what happens it will not prevail against my church praise God I said he measured something and hell will not prevail against this church that's why when we come in here we ought to dance and rejoice in the face of every devil and demon because he cannot stop what God has preserved he cannot prevent from being blessed what God has called his own woo I feel like just yeah hallelujah hallelujah No matter how dark it gets, no matter how wicked the world becomes, whether you're a pre-trib, a post-trib, a mid-trib, or no-trib, I don't know how your thoughts about the end time are. But I'm just here to tell you that if the Lord leads me through the tribulation, it doesn't matter how dark it gets, doesn't matter how evil it is, there's going to be a place where there's going to be liberty, liberty. There's going to be a place where there's going to be deliverance. There's going to be a place where people are going to be healed. There's going to be a place where people are going to be saved. There's going to be a place where people are going to rejoice. There's going to be a place where people are going to talk in tongues. There's going to be a place where people are going to shout. Why? Because God said, I marked them. I've got my name on them. And they are mine, saith the Lord. And hell will not be able to shake that. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory! you ought to shout tonight because he has marked you. He has marked you and called you his own. Stand with me right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I feel glory in the house right now. In the face of demonic wrath and demonic terror, God has marked his own and he has sealed them and said, no man shall pluck them out of my hand. Oh yeah, there is a divine protection that is upon the people of God. Does that mean I'm not gonna suffer? No, doesn't have anything to do with suffering. He suffered. But it does mean that no suffering is going to kill me. <laughs> Woo. I said it means no suffering is going to kill me. Why? Because he marked me. He said, that's mine. I'm so glad to know what matters to him tonight. Because now I can make it matter to me. I want this altar to matter. This ought to be the place we go to first and foremost. It ought to be the end of every service. I shouldn't even have to give an altar call. It should be an automatic. Amen. Altar time. Amen. You say, well, I came last time. Come on back again. Come on back again. Because every time you come, you are expressing to the Lord what He has already predetermined. That altar matters to me. And now I see it matters to you. You know what I've learned? I have never seen anybody backslide from the altar. Never. I've never seen anybody backslide from the altar. Now, I've seen them backslide from other places, but I've never seen them backslide when they were at the altar. Why? Because God marked that. And He preserved that area. It's significant to Him. It matters to Him. That's why I want to get to the altar. Hallelujah. Because I know there's covering there. I know there's forgiveness. It doesn't matter how I fail. It doesn't matter how many times I fail. If I can just get to the altar. Amen. If I can just get to the altar. Hallelujah. If I can just get to the church. Yeah. If I can just get to the church. If I can just get to that place of worship. Oh yeah. Hallelujah. Why? Because this matters to him. And what matters to him he preserves against any wickedness and any vileness that hell might throw against you. My good father-in-law, my wife, they went through a dark, dark time Sister Vickery was so sick, months and months in the hospital, just incapacitated, so many things wrong with her. And I remember Dad telling me, he would work all day at Roman Haas, he would come home, he would fix a quick supper for the girls, Brenda and Cecilia, and then they would go to church. They never missed a service. one day he was talking to me he said you know what Mark I just just knew if I could get to that parking lot it didn't matter what had happened that day it didn't matter what the news from the doctor was it didn't matter what 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 Nelda was going through, it didn't matter what I'd had to face. it didn't matter what had happened on the job, nothing as if I could just get to that parking lot. He said, when I would open that door and I would plant my feet on that parking lot, I realized I was in a place that mattered. And he said, that's what kept me going. That's what kept me afloat. Listen to me tonight. I'm not angry at anybody, but I'm telling you right now, some of us in this building better wake up and make the things that matter to God matter to us in this hour because this is the only safe place. This is the only place of preservation in this hour of wickedness. And I don't ever want to take it from God. Hallelujah. some of you need to fall in love with your church all over again. Quit picking it apart. Quit finding fault with it. Yeah. I didn't even put that in my notes. That just came from the Lord so you can talk to God about that one. You need to fall in love with your church. You say, I love my church. Well, if you love your church, then you would prop it up a whole lot more. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a perfect place but it sure is a good place. Amen. It's not without its flaws, but I'd rather be in here than any place else I know of. Amen. All the all the little shortcomings. You know, you've heard the analogy, but you know Noah, my Lord, 120 years preaching And then he gets stuck. 120 years of preaching and didn't even have a convert other than his family. But he kept preaching. And now he's shut up in an ark with all these animals. (laughs) Tell me that's not an interesting scenario. Elephants rhinoceroses and hippopotamuses and all the stuff that goes with it and yet I guarantee you on any given day when the stench was rising Noah must have felt in his heart you know what I'd rather be in here than out there (laughs) oh yeah I'd rather be in here than out there Fall in love with the church, your church, your church. Fall in love with the altar. Again. Make it significant. worship. Make worship matter to you. You say, well, I'm just not, I'm not a worshiper. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. Because God created you that way. God created man to worship And so we are worshipers. Now, we may channel that worship in different ways, but the fact is we are all worshipers. I want to channel mine to Him. Amen. That's the most important thing. That's foremost. I want to enter into His gates with thanksgiving. I want to enter into His courts with praise. I want to be thankful and bless His name. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Come on church, would you gather with me just a moment? Come on, let's gather here tonight before we leave. Let's measure some things that matter to Him tonight. Oh God, help me to measure. Help me to measure what matters. I give my all. Oh hallelujah. I give my all. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. This matter to me, God. Let it matter to me, God. I want your blessings. I want your favor. I want your help.